Hey. Hello. Hmm. T- today. <laughs> today we've got something special. Yeah, it's a, it's gonna be a good episode. Hopefully For the others were too. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. Hopefully this the others This is going to be our suck. first good episode. You're welcome. <laughs> and the reason being is because we have... We have Jocelyn from, from Frozen. the Frozen in Time podcast. Yes. Hi! Yay! Yay! Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're on this podcast. I'm Finally. so glad too. Yeah, it's good to I have mean, we you. talk about each other enough. Yeah, exactly. That's so now we, we should probably prove... To the world that we actually know each other. Yeah, that you exist. <laughs> I exist. <laughs> we didn't just make up friends like we usually do. <laughs> yeah, this time Nothing it's like a good real. old validation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aw. Uh, so uh, we usually... On, oh, I, I can edit that. That's I got to cough a lot. Okay. I love the edit button. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's a good time. So, yeah, we usually start with what we're all afraid of this week. Um, Jocelyn, you want to start us off? Oh, yes, I would love to start us off. So (laughs) what I'm afraid of this week is the fact that before we started recording this episode, we recorded an episode for my podcast. And we use this online website that records it for you because we're remote because you guys are in Canada and I'm in Idaho. And when we got done recording, which was what, an hour, guys? Yeah, it was like an hour. Yeah. I hit yeah. the editor button to go in and save the audio onto my computer, and it said I had nothing to edit. <laughs> and Ugh. for a good 10 seconds, my life flashed before my eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it was of you editing, so. Yeah. 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 She even scared I spent way too much of my life editing. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, if that entire episode just, like, vanished, I am so dead. And then I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to tell Andrea and Ren that we have to do that all over again? Wait, do I tell them or do I just record it by myself and be like, so what had happened to us? <laughs> I was like, yeah. panic mode. But then it came up and everything was good. But, yeah, no, for, like, yeah. a good 10 seconds, I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary using these I'm scared of technology. Is that I'll what just you're say scared of? That is what I'm scared of because when we were starting off with this this crossover thing, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how we're going to connect headphones. And <laughs> well, you jinxed it for one. I did. I um, can't believe Andrea fucking I cursed, cursed us. us. I did. Oh, my God, I can cuss in this podcast. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can. <laughs> <laughs> cuss in mine and I was holding back, y'all. Yeah, no, fuck, I barely held back, so. Yeah, Ren, <laughs> Ren didn't really hold back at all. It's just, it's all, listen to Frozen in Time, it's great. It's, it's all beeps. Ren swearing. <laughs> just a bunch of beeps in a row. Just, it's just one big beep. I know, when I put your guys' little uh, promo in my episode, and I was like, oh, I hope they don't get mad that I just had to bleep Ren's shit. <laughs> No, I think that's hilarious. I've never been bleeped before, and I'm kind of stoked about it. It's funny. But it gives an idea of what our podcast is, too. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool crossover. Then people that hear the promo, they'll be like, okay, they swear on that one. Right? (laughs) Yeah, it was was really fitting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, that, that is terrifying. Editing in general is terrifying. I guess, like, I'm scared of, like, our microphone cord along that similar vein our microphone cord just popping right out in the middle of it yeah oh like it that's does scary. it does that when it does that with audacity we lost half of an episode and had to record again oh we had to make shit. the same jokes yeah, this isn't yeah i've heard i've heard the that on jokes, other podcasts yeah. where it's like 
you're like, God, they seem a little off their game. And then at the end, they're like, so we had to re-record this. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So the yeah. first time, they are, their jokes were original and funny. And the second time, they're just like, let's just get through the material. Yeah. yeah. Well, that happened to me because uh, I use GarageBand because I have a Mac. And right. I was recording. And I don't, I didn't hit a button that I know of, but I could have. I don't know. And all of a sudden, like, just everything that I had recorded was gone. But all, like, the, you know, because I put, like, the little clips and stuff in mine. Were there. All the clips were there. Yeah, but I <laughs> but I had only recorded like maybe ten minutes worth, and I wasn't super happy with it anyway. So I thought maybe that was my computer telling me that I really suck and I should just like redo the whole thing. So Macs do that; they just call you out because we've got a Mac too. Yeah, and the truth is, audacity. Macs suck. Honestly. I yeah. love my Mac. Take it back, Ren. Well, PCs suck too. Yeah, they do. Just computers in general. We need another kind. Yeah, I have a PC behind me with two monitors, and I like never use it. It's a really nice, like high quality gaming computer, and I just like. Oh, that'd be sweet. That would be so nice. It's got like all sorts of fancy schmancy shit. Oh man, I want a PC. (laughs) Good. I want a really good one, like Alienware. Yeah, Yeah, mine's a Cybertron. Oh, sweet. I don't know what that is. Is that the step up from Alienware? It's like up there from, with one? Razor. Yeah. Is that the one that's the step up from? Most are a step up from Alienware now. Okay, yeah. So the last time I went <laughs> shopping for a laptop, the highest one was Alienware. Yeah. That was a while ago. It was. Just, I still want one. They're really nice. Yeah. Well, I actually got that one on accident. So I was ordering it on Amazon using my friend's Amazon Prime, and yeah. he clicked the wrong one. <laughs> And oh, but it ended up better than what I had picked. But it and it only yeah. cost me like I think thirty more dollars. So it worked out. But I was like, wait, this isn't what I ordered. What? <laughs> <laughs> Surprise computer. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, t- so today easy. we've we've got some shit, and obviously you can comment or make jokes and whatever you want. We have horror Yay. shit. Yay. I love horror yeah. shit. <laughs> me. My whole too. life is a horror shit. Yeah. yeah. So here's the story of our lives, and uh, <laughs> it started at birth. Yeah. We don't even need to Google paranormal horror shit. Like we could just literally sit here and talk about our lives. Yeah. yeah there Adulthood we go. stress. Oh my god. The weather. Mortgages. God, the weather. The weather. Yeah. yeah. I'm. That's a. It's too soon. Right it's now. yeah <laughs> for me. We're, we're a little sensitive about it. <laughs> well, right we're now. only I think like I think we're what six and a half, seven hours apart, something like that. And so we mm. pretty much share the same weather. I think you're just set at like a what a higher elevation. Yeah, we are. Yeah. It's There's like no oxygen minus up here. One billion. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. is no oxygen. Maybe that's and why Canadians are so it. nice. They they don't have the brain capacity <laughs> to be mean because the lack of no. oxygen. We're yeah, all no, just they're high. All just high, like by a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That good, happy, friendly feeling you get when you're not breathing enough. Oh. <laughs> Would that it were true. <laughs> but yeah, so today, a- Andrea, do you want to start? I can start us off, sure. Sure, Woo-hoo. okay. Yeah. So I was looking a- for paranormal shit, but I uh, was just finding personal stories on Reddit. So I found this because I, I listened to it. I actually listened to it on My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's intriguing. Ooh. And now I want to do it. <laughs> I love Reddit, but Reddit's a rabbit hole. It it's is a mess. It's yeah, a whole you can gosh get lost mess. in there. Yeah. yeah. So this one out. is called, it's a, to me, this kind of has like a paranormal or just like a weirdo weirdness aspect. <laughs> yeah. So weird aspect. As opposed to all the normal <laughs> stories you've ever told. Yeah. Instead of being a straight up murder case it's like 
two murder cases and it's weird. Okay. Oh, um, sweet. Why don't I just explain? Yeah, why don't you just tell the story? <laughs> I'll just tell the story. So this is the story of the Erdington murders. Ooh. So at 6.30 a.m. on May 27th, 1817, uh-huh. a laborer on his way to work in Erdington came upon a heap of bloodstained women's clothing near Penn's Mill. Ooh. Gosh dang it, Penn's Mill. Yeah. I but mean, was it underwear? Was underwear involved and was it in the woods? <laughs> there was probably underwear. And it may have been the woods. <laughs> if you guys want to know about the underwear reference, go to episode six they... of Frozen in Time. <laughs> yeah, hey. No, plug it. Go for it. Yeah. What underwear, they say. Okay. <laughs> They're like, I got to know about this underwear. <laughs> Going to listen to that, that Frozen Time episode. Good dear it. So the laborer obviously went and told the police. And during the police search, they found two sets of footprints made by a man and a woman that led toward a flooded sand pit. They followed these prints and they ended at the edge of the water around the pit. And then they searched the pit. And the corpse of a popular and beloved local girl named Mary Ashford was found in there. Her arms were badly bruised and her clothing was bloodstained. Um... On May 26th, which was called Whit Monday, Mary went from Erdington to Birmingham, Birmingham, uh, to English sell. Word. It's an English word to sell dairy produce at the local market. So this is sort of like the timeline of what happened before. Okay. She made arrangements to visit a friend's house where she would change into her new dress, and then she and her friend Hannah Cox would go to Whit Suntide dance at the Tyburn House Inn in the evening. So after work, Mary went to her friend's house at 6 p.m. and changed into her new dress and went to the dance with Hannah. To get wrecked. To, to have some fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to get shmammered. That's where the yeah. Baileys went. That's where. Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Dang. We're just solving Easter all sorts eggs. of cold cases today, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a very cold because this is from yeah. like 1817. Yeah. This, you know, the year I graduated. So. My 1817? Year. Yeah. Mm, yeah, no, it was the year. Yeah, we've been, uh, we're older than we look oh. <laughs> by a couple hundred years. God, that makes so much more sense. Right? But it's it's the snail mucus. Oh, the God. The snail. Yeah. I face. still can't believe you have bought fucking snail mucus and then proceeded to put it on your face. Yeah. Oh, and you know, I think too. it's working. I think my mouth wrinkle is is getting getting better. Uh, less pronounced. Thanks, Let's snails. just say that. <laughs> I don't know for sure. This might just be hopeful. Wishful thinking. Oh, I'd rather have snail. the wrinkle. <laughs> really? Hell yeah, I'd yeah, rather have the I mean, wrinkle. some people are pretty grossed out by snail snot, so I don't know. Snot I anything in on general. my face. Like, okay, yeah. so uh, Andrea, you're a mom. Did you ever, like, suck your kid's snot out with your mouth? Because apparently no. that's what? a thing. That's a thing. What? I know. And I read about that too, and no. It's so no. gross. No, that's I, what that little bulb ugh. thing is for. Ew. Ugh. Anyways, Ew. I digress. Oh, <laughs> no, that's really weird. I got to look that up later. Yeah. <laughs> and then not spit it out is the story I read. What? Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, there I'm are nauseous. Kleenexes out there. I need a moment. <coughs> kind of queasy. Okay, tell us more about, tell us more about <laughs> okay. this poor Yeah, because this murder is going to be less gross. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they went and had a lot of fun at this dance. They had lots of male admirers. Um, Mary spent most of her time with this young bricklayer named Abraham Thornton, and Hannah spent most of her time dancing with a boy named Benjamin Carter. 
The dance ended around midnight, and they all headed home as far as a place known as the Old Cuckoo, which is a short distance from Erdington Village. The Old Cuckoo? Hannah, the Old Cuckoo. (laughs) Apparently, that's a location. Why not the new Cuckoo? Why not the young Cuckoo, the spry Cuckoo, the virile Cuckoo? The Old Cuckoo. Because (laughs) they don't like this Cuckoo. So was it? Did one fly over the cuckoo's nest? Maybe. That's what happened. That's what happened. And that's it. Case closed. (laughs) Yeah. So really good at this detective shit. (laughs) Oh yeah. No. So uh, Hannah and Benjamin separated from Mary and Abraham and went in another direction. Later on at three thirty a.m., Mary was seen walking toward Hannah's mom's home. Uh, Witnesses say that. They saw her walking very slowly and that she was alone. When she got to her friend's house, she took off that new dress and changed into working clothes and told Hannah that she was going home and left Hannah's house at 4 a.m. Okay. She was seen two more occasions by witnesses. A man named Joseph Dawson said he saw her in Bell Lane around 4.15 a.m. And about 4.25 a.m. she was seen by another man named Thomas Broadhurst in the same lane and she was alone. The police interviewed Abraham, who was in a state of shock when she when he was told that Mary had been raped and probably strangled. Mm. He told police that he had been with her until 4 a.m. He became the chief suspect, yeah, obviously. As you do. He was taken into custody and grilled for details. He told them that he did have sexual intercourse with Mary, but he denied raping and murdering her. <laughs> which makes That's sense. That's fair. Yeah. I did the legal stuff and did not do any of the illegal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was all consensual. Apparently that story still sticks in the 1800s. Yeah. Oh, it would. Yeah. <laughs> so he said that when they had separated from Benjamin and Hannah, they had strolled hand in hand over a field to a stile, talked for 15 minutes, and then they went to the green at Erdington where Mary went to change her dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously in that time they had sexual intercourse. He waited for her outside of Hannah's house for some time, but she didn't come back, so he decided just to go home alone. Mm-hmm. Three other witnesses said that he they saw him at that time, and one had even chatted to him for over 15 minutes. Okay, so he did have an alibi. So apparently, he, hmm. yeah. Okay. Supposedly. Kind of. I mean, if you think about the timeline, it's possible that, yeah. Uh, so he was brought to trial. After a six-minute deliberation, he was found not guilty. Uh, back then, they had some weird ass rules. So yeah. he was able to appeal. Um, or, no, sorry, he wasn't able to. I mean, he was found not guilty, so there's nothing. I to was like, it. yeah, what is he appealing? Like, does he really <laughs> want to like, be no, guilty? I, like, I, I am did guilty. it. Uh, I, I would told- like to argue this. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, back then, people were able to appeal not guilty verdicts. So Mary's brother, William, appealed against the verdict and oh. demanded a second trial. Oh. Okay. That makes so sense. So he thought. Yeah. Okay. In the end, they wound up allowing Abraham to take advantage of an archaic law called trial by battle. (laughs) It's weird. Oh, wow. Basically, it necessitated Abraham Thornton renewing his plea of not guilty before throwing down a gauntlet from a dock. Oh, yeah. Which signifies a challenge to William to fight to the death or until one of them surrenders. Well, <laughs> this is very throwing down the I gauntlet. Mean, this is where the saying comes from, I guess. I, <laughs> I'm so glad they still did this in the progressive year of 1817. <laughs> <laughs> so William Ashford didn't respond, uh, probably because he thought this whole thing was crazy. <laughs> and Abraham was discharged. 
So no one, but unfortunately, no one would hire him. So he ended up immigrating to the U.S. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. That's all. So you can have him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want him. Take him back. He can go to Canada. No, we don't want him either. He'd be too cold. Okay, we can, we'll take him. I mean, we'll. I mean, he's probably a corpse now, so it's fine. We're all high on lack of oxygen, so we'll take anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on May 27th, 1975, so this is, you know. Way like later. 150 years later. Yeah. A uh, 20-year-old Barbara Forrest was found dead in the long grass of a ditch near Erdington. Mm-hmm. She had been strangled and raped, and her body, partly clothed, had been there for over a week. She had worked at the nearby Pipe Hayes Children's Home. Her facial features were almost identical to Mary Ashford's, and she had also been strangled. And raped. And raped. Holy shit. Michael Thornton who is a Birmingham child care officer who worked at the same home where Barbara worked, was arrested. Thornton. Hmm. What? Abraham Thornton was the suspect in Mary's murder. Michael Thornton is the suspect in Barbara's murder. What? Holy shit. That's like over 100 years, yeah. Yeah. So the suspects in these very similar murders had the same last name. What? They found bloodstains on his pants, and his alibi later proved to be false, and yet he was still acquitted. What? So wow. kind of the same situation where, like, it really seemed like it was Abraham Thornton that probably killed Mary. But against all evidence, uh, they're still acquitted. And brain cells, yeah. apparently? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> against all brain cells. <laughs> uh, they both had bad juries. So both murders took place around the same time of day. And both, like, it was after midnight, like, early hours of the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and both victims had been to a friend's house to change into a new dress what? before going out on the evening of Whit Monday to a dance. Wow. What? Yeah. Wow. So in the days before each of them were murdered, they made prophetic remarks about their impending fates. A week before Mary Ashford was murdered, she told Hannah Cox's mom that she had bad feelings about the week to come, but she wasn't able to elaborate on her unfounded sense of dread, Hmm. which turned out to be founded. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, She couldn't even live to say, I told you so. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then... Ten days before Barbara Forrest was killed, she told a colleague at work about a strange premonition. She said, this is going to be my unlucky month. I just know it. Don't ask me why. This is so weird. Ooh, it's like the Twilight Zone. Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. They were both 20 years old. They had the same birthday. What? what? Yeah. Isn't that? That's so weird. Like, uh, 157 years apart were their deaths and they were found within like 300 yards what of each other's. the actual yep. fuck that's yeah. so weird whoa that's so fucking weird so it's almost like somebody read about this 1816 murder and was like "Ooh, i'm gonna recreate it or something but yeah. i mean like but how would they find well it'd be michael thornton he'd be like my my distant uh, were they related? Ancestor. Ancestor. Does it, does it say if they're like they were actually ancestors? No, it doesn't. Well, hmm. And I suspect they may not have been. I mean, Thornton. It's hard. But to it's say. just weird, right? That like is... maybe Michael Thornton was like, "Hey, Abraham Thornton did this." Ba-. Like that's the only way I would think that it. I mean, other than coincidence, that's well, the only way I would think that it would be not like a girl. Paranormal. Yeah. If it's a small enough town, though, it might be one of those like stories that like everybody just knows about. 
because it's so well, weird. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like one of those, uh, oh, it's a legend from our town. And people tell their kids who tell their kids who tell their kids. So everybody just kind of knows about it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then Michael Thornton is like, hey, I have the same last name. Let's right. recreate this just because I'm a psycho. Right. And she just happened to have a premonition identical to, to yeah. Mary's. And Which then they changed that's, the, the I mean, that clothes. part he can't do. Yeah. How she yeah, like how would clothes. he know those? Like, that's before Ugh. going to a dance. Yeah, Ugh. like, he wouldn't have been able to know that stuff. He wouldn't have been able to know yeah. her, like, yeah, like, that she'd had this premonition, that she was going to a dance, that she changed her clothes. Unless, like, wait, she told a colleague at work about her premonition, and he worked with her. That Maybe he was the colleague. Wow. Oh. So and then the he would have known thickens. that she had that strange permission. Yeah, the that plot is... is very thick. That's <laughs> one thick yeah. plot. I mean, this is creepy, and nobody, I mean, these are technically cold cases. Yeah. So... There you go. Um, you stole the, Jocelyn. You stole the signature. <laughs> I stole the case. No, you're that. No. Wow. Like Weird, my, right? My brain just kind of like turned to mush. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. That is fucking oh. crazy. That's a good that's one, crazy. Andrea. That is. Thank that you. might be one of my I favorites that, that you've one. ever told. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good Yay. one. Because it's super eerie. It's like chill up your spine eerie. It yeah. is. It's like, and it yeah. takes a lot to like actually give me the creeps. And me that too. certifiably gave me the creeps. I think that's why it stuck in my mind. I was like, are you serious? Like, This is fucked. Uh, yeah. When I was listening to it, uh, when My Favorite Murder did it, um, I was like, you know, it just sounds like it starts off as just like a regular murder case, which is what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, you know, a little bit into it, then they started talking about the second case. And I was like, wait, what? 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 Yeah, like, are they repeating <laughs> themselves? Like, Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, my case doesn't top that, so I'm done. Podcast over. Bye. <laughs> okay. no, that too bad. <laughs> that's just too dang bad. You're next. You're next, Jocelyn. Oh, oh you want to go last? Step up to the podium, Jocelyn. I'm excited. La 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 Okay. So this one, we are going to go to the rural part of the state of Kentucky in the United States to the wait for it drum roll. The Bobby Mackey's Nightclub. Ah, I love this one. Okay, so. I've heard of it. I actually had never heard of this until I watched an episode of one of those Ghost Hunter shows and saw it. And then it just, yeah, and then it became one of those cases that I was like mildly obsessed with. So I was really excited to do it for this episode. So. I've never heard of it. Oh, you are in for a treat, sir. Oh, In for a treat. So author Douglas Hensley actually wrote a popular book on the subject called Hell's Gate, Terror at Bobby Mackey's Music World. Hensley spent five years researching the bizarre background of the nightclub and the building itself because of its dirty history that dates back to the 1800s. In the very back of the book are copies of 29 sworn and signed affidavits from club employees, patrons, policemen, and other people, including Bobby Mackey's wife, Janet Mackey, who writes in her affidavit that an unseen force threw her down a flight of stairs and tried to harm her in other ways. What a jerk. Yeah. Asshole. I hate that forces. I know. They're always such Come on. Calm calm your shit. Oh, unseen forces. (laughs) Right. So Hensley summed up his observations in the book's introduction, saying the phenomena within and about Bobby Mackey's music world have yet to be satisfactorily defined by any explanation other than it's haunted, which is kind of like a big (laughs) duh. Yeah, you don't (laughs) say. Well, I think I'm going to go with the fact that it's just haunted. 
So the bloody yeah. history of it. Ugh, the old, yes. Yes, this is where it gets good. So I like bloody histories. The bloodier, the better. <laughs> <laughs> the old building that's there now, Bobby Mackey's, was a slaughterhouse for over 40 mm. years during the 1800s. Ew. The ample spilled blood from the slaughterhouse and its location on the banks of the Licking River. Ew. <laughs> yeah, the Licking River. That just in itself sounds what so the hell? gross. The that licking sounds river. nasty. Don't name it that. Right? What are they thinking? Okay. Ugh. So it's one of the two rivers in the world that flow north. Oh. And it's attracted a horde of satanic worshippers who used the site for sacrificial grounds. Hmm. Which I didn't. Sacrificing humans? I, it just says sacrificial grounds, but I would think so. I mean, but I didn't I mean, know that rivers. I didn't know that there was only two rivers that flowed north. I didn't know that they flowed in directions. Either. So that makes sense. So in 1896, the building became entangled in a sensational and grisly murder when Pearl Bryan's headless body was found nearby. Ooh. Yeah, the young lady's head was never found, but speculation abounded that it was likely disposed of in the slaughterhouse's basement well that was used to drain blood into the river when two local men who were active in the occult confessed to the murder. So they, like, killed her, cut her head off, and threw it in the well. Uh, uh, wow. Yeah. Alonzo Walling wow. and Scott Jackson became the last two people hanged in Campbell County when they were sent to the gallows on March 21st, 1897, for the per- murder of Pearl Bryan. Good. With his last words on the gallows behind the Campbell County Courthouse, located near the slaughterhouse, Walling vowed to return to torment his executioners. Huh. Ugh. Oh, gee. Yeah. Mm. So according to the Kentucky Post articles at the time, Walling and Jackson were offered life in prison instead of death if they told authorities where Bryan's head was located. People familiar with the two murders claim that they refused because they were terrified they would spark the wrath of Satan if they exposed the site of his sacrificial grounds. Oh. Yeah. So reportedly, they offered Pearl Bryan's head as a sacrifice to Satan, most likely in the slaughterhouse well. And local believers claim that the well is a gateway to hell of sorts. And it's a gruesome legend that lives on literally to this day. Did they know her? Um, I don't know. There's a lot more about the story, but... It it literally is like a really super duper long story, and I didn't want to like. That makes sense. Yeah, really go into her murder <laughs> when it was more about the <laughs> the scary crap at the Bobby Mackey house. Creepy ghost yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, but I think if I remember correctly, there was like they raped her and stuff too. But I'm not 100. percent But it was it was pretty gruesome and not Ugh, not pleasant. Yeah. So the ghosts, headless and otherwise, that are on the property. Uh, Pearl Bryan, who is often seen as a headless figure, for obvious reasons. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, Walling and Jackson have reportedly been seen on numerous occasions over the years, too, along with other spirits whose lives were entangled with the building in some way. And, Ooh. yeah, I guess several people have undied, have died with unnatural deaths inside the building, which was alleged oh. to be the site of several murders at the casino. Oh my goodness! Yeah, wow. I mean this. The, uh, this place a mess. It is a mess. <laughs> uh, and during the 1950s, it became the Latin Quarter, another popular nightclub whose owners were arrested several times on gambling charges. Oh wow! Huh. Yeah. Well, at least they weren't murdering people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm fine. That we know. Beheading them. We don't know. That they could know have been of. shoving them in the well. We don't know. Maybe <laughs> they, could they like. Along with women's panties machine. and Bailey's. We don't know. Oh gosh! Yeah. <laughs> oh man. 
Callback. Yeah. So later, the building became yet another rough and tumble nightclub called the Hard Rock Cafe, which is actually no relation to the restaurant chain. Oh, okay. So pure coincidence. Yeah. Oh, they just wanted patrons. (laughs) Well, I don't know. This was um, in the 70s because it was closed Mm -hmm. in 1978 by police request after several fatal shootings on the premises. And then oh, Bobby Mackey purchased the building in 1978 and opened his music world shortly thereafter. Uh-oh. Yeah. So one of the most frequently seen spirits is a young girl named Johanna, who was a cabaret dancer during the club's casino days, who reportedly poisoned herself and her mobster father inside the building after he murdered her boyfriend, who was a club singer, Robert Randall. Wow. And then other spirits who have appeared at the nightclub regularly are Johanna and the gangster Albert Red Masterson. I never wow. heard of him. Yeah, me neither. I have not either. <laughs> Couldn't have been that but good I'm of a saying, gangster. Wow, it's been, You're not yeah. that gangster. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Andrea knows all about those. As, I am. As Snoop Dogg would say, gangster knows gangster, so. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea is painfully white and she knows no gangsters. Nope. Yeah, we. I think I think we are the literal exact opposite of any gangster definition. I think so. Yeah, we talk about I mean, what wines we're drinking and the ice cream flavors we're craving. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> so, according to sworn affidavits, other witnesses, and local legend, paranormal activity in the club is often preceded by the strong smell of rose perfume. Ooh. Yeah. Can you imagine just standing mm. there and like, I smell roses. Um, and then something happens. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. And then you get thrown up against the wall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the jukebox at Bobby Mackey's also has come on suddenly and played old tunes from the 1930s and the 1940s. Ooh. And the songs weren't loaded in the jukebox. It, what? Okay, that's just, that's upsetting. <laughs> oh, that's so scary. Yeah, so these oh, songs no. are coming on Ew. and they're not even loaded in the jukebox at all. Unacceptable. Yeah. The anniversary waltz that. is a particular favorite, heard numerous times by many people. Chairs have moved inexplainably, rooms have gone cold, and people have heard their names called only to turn around and have nobody there in the club. Ew. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. No, it's gross. Just like all the time. Yeah. (laughs) But there's more. There's so much more. So there's cases of possession. So perhaps the most bizarre aspect of the Bobby Mackis saga is the claims by several people that they've had spirits enter their bodies while in the club. That's pretty pretty bizarre. Yuck. Some of the sworn I mean, affidavits uh, claim they felt cold chills run through their bodies, while others claim to have taken on different personalities and even facial features while inside. What? Oh no! Gross. Oh. Okay. I mean, if the if the ghost is better looking than me, then that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's gonna oh maybe that's how you get rid of that wrinkle, Andrea, instead of the snail goo. <laughs> yeah. I need a less wrinkly to ghost to Bobby Mackey. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I just want to straighten my nose, so. (laughs) The most celebrated case of possession at Bobby Mackey's is Carl Lawson, who lived upstairs above the nightclub as a caretaker for the club. Lawson, one of main subjects of Hensley's book, claims to have been attacked by several of the resident spirits and actually possessed by some of them as well, including Alonzo Walling. Mm. And they celebrate this? I, mm, maybe... This is a weird thing to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, the time you got possessed, it's, you know, it's a coming of it's age It's like your story. birthday. 
Yeah. It's, it's like, like your quinceanera. Stop oh it! Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah, man. We don't talk all the time at all. See, we could have gone bat mitzvah. Yeah. There's so many things. But we went quinceanera. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh lord. So a supposedly successful exorcism of Lawson and the entire building took place at Bobby Mackey's on August 8th, 1991. And it was performed by the Reverend Glenn Coe and witnessed by Hensley, who also recorded it all on videotape. Ooh. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. I haven't had time sure to look I. it up, but I'm definitely, when I can't sleep, looking that up. You can probably look find it. Up it and probably. post on our Twitter or something. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for a time, it appeared that the exorcism was successful. But in recent years, strange occurrences have begun once again at the old building. Bobby Mackey, who has refused to believe the paranormal activity was true from the beginning, nevertheless mm-hmm. made plans to tear the building and down and construct a new nightclub on the adjacent property after video- oh. viewing the videotape of Carl Lawson's exorcism. Oh. However, a piece of ceiling fell on him one day when he was discussing the demolition, or the, 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 the demolition. demolition. <laughs> yeah. I can talk, I swear. And the adjacent property he purchased for the new nightclub was rendered useless by the sudden appearance of a fissure about six inches wide and 60 feet deep that run from the old slaughterhouse well to the middle of the adjacent property. So the ghosts were like, no, fuck that shit. Yeah, apparently they just Not like, allowed. Yeah. It's a hell mouth. We throw ceiling at you and make fissures. It's funny. I actually was calling it a hell mouth and then I realized that was a reference from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. totally what I just did there. I'm glad that you're thinking about that. <laughs> I actually, when I was looking up this case, I couldn't, for some reason, I couldn't remember Bobby Mackey's name. So I was like, I knew it was the Portal to Hell case. So I was like looking up yeah. Hellmouth. I'm like, why am I getting Buffy shit? Uh, yeah. What's with all this yeah. like pairing drama? Yeah. You just start telling it. You're like, what? There so, was this high school. And yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sometimes my brain, you guys. But Mackie never did build the new nightclub. And he continues to operate at his original club where he regularly performs a special song he wrote called The Ballad of Johanna. Oh. But okay. if so, what's the ghost show with, um, oh, crap, what's his name? Zach Baggins. Uh, ghost Adventures? Yeah, they did Is an the episode one? I think on that's it. One. That's the one that I, I, I watched. No holy shit balls so like they go through and there's like some creepy ass shit and it it's one of the episodes that doesn't feel hokey at all and oh wow yeah some of them to me feel really hokey and some are like yeah this was a legit like gave me the creeps and they were down by the well and of course zach baggins being zach baggins is like antagonizing the ghosts yeah of course he says he's not gonna do that yeah and then then it was either him or like one of his crew ended up with like deep scratches up their back if i remember correctly oh like somebody had scratches and i was like oh shit yeah oh gross so you know you guys should look that up before you go to bed tonight Oh, I will. Oh, yeah. That's what you fall asleep to. Every it's fucking night. It's what I night. fall asleep to. <laughs> I fall asleep to murder shows. Yes. I fall asleep to the, that one Donkey Kong stream that H. Bomber guy played. I don't, I don't what? Know. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. But yeah, no. That's what Andrea falls asleep to is like death and murder and horror and mm-hmm. uh, ghosties. It is a legitimate Ghosty. lifestyle choice, people. It is. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I mean, don't judge. judge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> None of us are judging. Yeah, but that's my story of the Bobby Mackey house. Shit, that's I want to go. Eerie. Right? I want like so to go so bad. There. Where did you say it was? Kentucky. 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 Yeah, which is on the other side of the United States from Idaho. 
Yeah. 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 But it's downsides is that you have to be in Kentucky. But it's on the way to Hawaii, (laughs) which is where we're supposedly going to go live. Yeah. So there is that. Yeah, we're moving to Maui, all of us. Yeah. Well, that's. I was not consulted. Hey, you don't need to be. Oh, okay. Yeah, by you the way, my dad's moving to Hawaii, and we're all going with him, so. Are you? Oh. Like, real? No. No. But her dad is. My dad oh, really I thought, is. I thought but... for real you meant no. that. <laughs> I wish. I was like, well, that's a step up from Idaho, I but wish. like. Hmm. I've lived yeah. here my whole life. I've, like, moved away a few times, but it's like that small town syndrome. It just, like, pulls you back in. Ah, oh, jeez. Cordeline. Not me. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for I'm telling everybody where I live, Andrea. <laughs> You're welcome. What's your address? Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Google's police uh, station really quick. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, uh, we can edit that out if you if you want. No. But, like, <laughs> but I mean, they'd have a heck of a time fine. Yeah. Uh, we we talk about where we live too, and like I always am like, oh, should I be saying this? I know. It's like, uh... well, they can't find our exact places. Yeah. Good luck finding me. I blend in perfect. <laughs> Uh, it's I mean, it's fine. I don't even think anybody would know how to spell it to search for it. Yeah, actually, probably not. <laughs> They're gonna be like K. Uh, yeah, it's it's K O R. Yeah, like D E E L E E N E. Yeah, no, that's Delane. it. Yeah. that's its official. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's how it is. It's exactly. That's just how it, it be. <laughs> yeah, look it up. It's in Idaho. Uh, yeah, maybe they'll just get lost in the snowdrifts. Oh, gross! Yeah, I hate snow. It's so gross up here. It's gross over here too. It's like minus five thousand Celsius. So I did notice <laughs> that whenever like Andrew and I are talking, one of us will say it's fucking snowing, and then like two hours later, the other person's like it's fucking snowing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, so we have they so keep much sending in us common. There's snow. No, you're sending us See? your snow. Stop it, Idaho. Stop it. You know what? <laughs> you know what? No way. I'm so glad to hear this because fucking Americans think that that only happens to us. They neglect to mention <laughs> it happens to them. Yeah. I always wondered about that. I was like, well, what do you mean it only snows in Canada? Yeah. What about the Antarctic, <laughs> hey? Huh? Eh? What about that? <laughs> eh? That was the most yeah. Canadian thing you've ever said. <laughs> yeah, I fucked it. I fucked it. Oh, <laughs> man. Wait so it up, I am. I know. That's what I like to do. <laughs> and, like, I probably fucked this up, too. But this is a creepy internet case I got. Woohoo! I got here. I'm excited I'm about so it. excited. Yeah. Maybe you guys have heard of it. Maybe. I don't know. Probably don't not. Know. I live I under a rock. In I'm, Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> in Idaho and rock. Yeah. I don't know how millennial adjacent you guys are. So I'm just kind of like, this is cool to me, man. Oh, no, we were just having that conversation about being a millennial. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because so, you guys are like older millennials. Yeah. Right? Like, techni- older millennials. Yeah. Technically, we're millennials, but we're of the older generation that still have the values of like the generation before us. But Gen then X. still have like yeah. some tech savvy, like yeah, younger millennials. I say as I'm sitting in my office full of like recording equipment and vlogging equipment for my YouTube channel. <laughs> like I'm not a yeah. millennial at all. <laughs> I'm I'm of the younger millennial group, so I'm just kind of I hear things, but Gen Z has better memes. So, yeah. I don't even like, know what he just yeah. said. That's like how far oh, old I'm I am. Sorry. <laughs> I heard something about memes. Yeah, you guys know what those are. I know what a meme is, but what was the part you said before? Uh, Gen Z, the the one younger than millennials. Oh, 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 God! They already like have fifteen and younger. Oh, Jesus. they have better memes than than oh. we ever had. 
I mean, that's debatable. Some of them are shit. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Gen Z. But, um... <laughs> All right, so here, yeah. let's hear Anyways. this case. Yeah, no, let me tell you more about the internet after we just talked about the internet. So, <laughs> here's a basic overview. This is about something called Cicada 3301. Sounds creepy and it's a, Yeah, it's already a bad start. So, like, it's essentially a nickname given to an internet phenomenon slash potentially an organization that on three occasions has posted a set of puzzles to recruit codebreakers and linguists from the public. The first internet puzzle started on January 4th, 2012, and ran for approximately one month. A second round began one year later on January 4th, 2013, and a third round following the confirmation of a fresh clue posted on Twitter on January 4th, 2014. The stated intent of Cicada was to recruit intelligent individuals by presenting a series of puzzles which were to be solved. No new puzzles were published on January 4th, 2015. However, a new clue was posted on Twitter on January 5th, 2016. In April 2017, a verified PGP-signed message was found. And this is what it read, basically, like, Beware false paths. Always verify PGP signature from 7A35090F. That message explicitly denies the validity of any unsigned puzzle as recently as April 2017. So this this shit's still going on. Ooh, it gets wild. That's cool. Yep. So this uh, the puzzles focused heavily on data security, cryptography, and uh, steganography. It's been called the most elaborate and mysterious puzzle of the internet age and is listed as one of the top five eeriest unsolved mysteries of the internet. And much speculation exists as to its function. Many have speculated that the puzzles are a recruitment tool for the NSA, CIA, MI6, a Masonic conspiracy, or a cyber mercenary group. Others have claimed, right? Yeah. Others have claimed Cicada 3301 is an alternate reality game, so like an ARG, but I don't believe that. So, like, no company or individual has taken credit for it or attempted to monetize it. The stated purpose of the puzzles each year to recruit, um, yeah, like, they say to recruit intelligent individuals, but it's kind of debatable, right? Yeah. yeah, so some have also claimed that Cicada 3301 is a secret society of the goal of improving cryptography, privacy, and anonymity. Uh, others have claimed that Cicada 3301 is a cult or religion. According it sounds to, culty. It, it gets culty, but it's not... <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it's wild. According to statements of several people who claimed to have won the 2012 puzzle... 3301 typically uses non-puzzle-based recruiting methods, but created the Cicada puzzles because they were looking for potential members with cryptography and computer security skills. The first puzzle was posted in 2012 on one of 4chan's boards, uh, the infamous Random Image Board B, or X, uh, according to other sources, either of which is, like, absolutely perfect in my opinion, kind of terrifying, like, because 4chan is awful in general. Hey, I know what that is, though. <laughs> yeah yay me i know what it is yeah no you got you nailed it i'm yeah so you know nailed it. <laughs> you know that 4chan is just a nightmare in and of itself gross. that's my whole that's my horror story I've heard 4chan. Stuff, but that's all i know <laughs> it is gross so it's posted to 4chan first and uh what else is terrifying is that the people who have solved all the puzzles at different points satisfactorily presumably winning their way into whatever cicada is have vanished from the internet entirely what the fuck yeah they're gone they went dark well maybe they were recruited Mm -hmm. Uh. so like (laughs) here's where the name comes from 
Thousands of people took on the challenge posed by the initial post. Uh, to many skilled codebreakers online, it was easy at first. The first puzzle used a technique called steganography, concealing a message or image within another image. Hidden inside that first seemingly simple image, those white words on a black background, were many more pictures, codes, clues, and the recurring image of a cicada. The first image of the text was signed 3301, so that's what gave the mystery its name Cicada 3301. Yeah. And he, right? Ugh. Yeah. Oh, it gets gross. So, like, quote, it's a bit like the moth imagery in novels like Silence of the Lambs, freelance writer Chris Bell stated, so it began to symbolize the entire puzzle as it started. I so hate I've got moths. Some of the moths are gross. Yeah, man, cicadas are even, like, bigger. Ew. I know. <laughs> I hate it's bugs. Like, I don't like bugs either. They're kind of... Uh, They're not my favorite. Oh, and I really want to go to Australia, yeah. but... But then you're doomed. I'm do- I lived in Japan then for three years, bugs. and they have huge bugs. They have cicadas in Japan. That's actually very common. They have, like, the biggest freaking bugs I've ever seen in my damn life. That's oh, yeah. gross. Not going there. Yeah, no. You, like, have to yeah. check your shower before going in because, like... No. Yeah, no. Oh, no. Because, like, centipedes and stuff. Oh, um, no. Those are the yeah. worst. And, like, you open up your front door and there's, like, a praying mantis there. And, ugh, yeah, no. It's gross. It's just there ready to, like, Pounce. get you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the clues. I've got some of the clues. So, the first image posted by Cicada read, Hello, we are looking for highly intelligent individuals. To find them, we have devised a test. There is a message hidden in this image. Find it, and it will lead you on the road to finding us. We look forward to meeting the few that will make it all the way through. Good luck. Three three zero one. Okay, I would yep. not be one of those people cracking it. By the way, oh god, me neither. <laughs> I was looking at their codes. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm reading, so I didn't like copy them all. But like to crack the code hidden in the first picture, a man named Joel Erickson, who's a 34 year old crypto security researcher and a developer from Sweden, used a steganography software to extract a message encoded with a shift cipher, basically, which means each letter corresponds to another letter. Oh. And after, yeah, after he decoded the cipher, it led him to a URL with the image of a duck, which read, whoops, just decoys this way. Looks like you can't guess how to get the message out. But Erickson, along with many other internet sleuths, continued to solve the puzzles. This image file of a duck was a difficult clue to follow at first, but solvers soon realized that meant that the program, outguess, had to be used, hence the words guess and out, Essentially, outguess is a steganography program designed to hide messages within images. So opening the images in outguess led to another message, the following. Um, Here is a book code. To find the book and more information, go to this one Reddit thread. And uh, then that's followed by a bunch of code that reads like 1 colon 20, 2 colon 3, 3 colon 5, and onwards very long. And then it's signed, good luck, 3301. Ew. So they're just like putting codes all over everything. Codes it's just like codes a ton of codes. codes. It's like the fucking matrix. I don't like it. Yeah, it is. It, it, like reading through this was crazy. So like the subreddit that people would go to contained lots of different text posts and two images called Welcome and Problems. And each one contained an outguess message. Welcomes was this. From here on out, we will cryptographically sign all messages with this key. It is available on the MIT key servers, key ID 7A35090F, as posted in the Reddit thread. Patience is a virtue. Good luck, 3301. 
and the one that came with problems was, the key has always been right in front of your eyes. This isn't the quest for the Holy Grail. Stop making it more difficult than it is. Good luck, 3301. Ew, okay. Yeah, it's interesting. It gets worse. They, like, did it this all over the place, and the crazy part gets crazy soon. Um, oh, because it's yeah, not so crazy like, already. <laughs> well, and this is still happening. Like, it's unverifiable because the people who get into it can't say shit, right? Well, yeah, so they're disappearing. Both- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't know where they're going. They're, like, sworn to secrecy. So, like, both messages, of like, both those messages were, of course, followed by, like, a bunch more code, which is a total mess to my eyes, but was luckily decipherable by enough people out there. So I didn't, like, copy it because I'm not going to read out, like, 500 numbers, but, like, Damn it, Ren, we wanted you to read 500 numbers. I'm disappointed in you. Yeah, this is now Numbers Podcast. (laughs) Contains numbers. Red reads pie. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I just thought the entire thing. So, as stated, both were signed with PGP signatures, which are basically a completely secure method of ensuring that the message has come from the confirmed sender. In the header of the subreddit, Uh, solvers were led to was a string of Mayan numbers, which could be translated into a sequence of more familiar numbers, turning out to be another type of cipher. This was the key that Problems mentioned, being the code to the shift cipher to be applied to the lines of text in the subreddit. So to elucidate that, to make that make sense, it basically means that each letter in each string was meant to be shifted by the number corresponding to its location in the text, and this puzzle uncovered a book about King Arthur. Not even King. Oh, I saw okay. It. Yeah, it's fucking weird. So yeah, the code in the original message, as mentioned to be a book code, was applied here. If you're not familiar with book codes, first number is the line, second number is the character in that line, and applying the book code to the text with the full stops removed gave the following string of more creepy-ass text. Call us at, uh, call us at us telephone number... Two one four three nine oh nine six oh eight. Oh, okay. So I have two questions. One is if there's a yep. puzzle within a puzzle within a puzzle, how the fuck do you know when you're mm-hmm. done with the puzzle? They talk when to you. When you disappear. No, when you find it, because this this is obviously a phone number, right? Okay. okay. So then. So yeah. So while this number has long since been deactivated, obviously. when solvers yeah <laughs> they get spammed so much, like for a good time call. Um, right on the bathroom wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like when solvers initially called this number, a pre-recorded voice would say to them, "Very good. You have done well. There are three prime numbers associated with the original final .jpg image. Three three zero one is one of them. You'll have to find the other two. Multiply all three of these numbers together and add a .com to find the next step. Good luck. Goodbye. Oh, fuck. Actually, so listen to it. Yep. Easy. Okay, so my second mm-hmm. question is, how do we know all the answers to the puzzles if the people who solve them have disappeared? Well, that's if they got far enough. We know the answers to these parts because some people got this far, oh, but, couldn't but they didn't get it. far enough. Oh, yeah, yeah, they didn't finish it. That's and what then she there's said. Right? Ah, Cicada, I can't believe you can't keep it up, Cicada. Oh, God. Hopefully they don't assassinate me. Okay. So. <laughs> and you told Solving. them where I live, you fucker. Ah, fuck. It's okay. I'm, You're I, I did it. It's fucking Cicada. Dang it. Solving this puzzle was obviously, yeah, fairly easy, like Andrea said. And it led people 
who had come this far to a website with the sole image of a cicada on it and a countdown meter. No, I hate countdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't you can, like that. Nothing ever there. good comes from a fucking countdown meter on a website. No. No, it doesn't. It's like deathclock.com. Yeah. Like, yeah, fuck that. So using outguess on that image gave the message, you have done well to come this far. Patience is a virtue. Check back at 1700 on Monday, 9 January, 2012, UTC, 3301. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So they did? Mm-hmm. And so the solvers waited and waited and waited some more. And finally, after what seemed like ages, the website changed. Reapplying outguess on the cicada image produced a new message now, containing coordinates, as well as two which were written on the website itself. These coordinates indicated locations across the globe, meaning that unless a person had access to all these locations, they'd be forced to collaborate with other users, hopefully ones who happened to live all over the dang place, or were willing to travel long distances. Eerily, at each of these locations, the more gutsy solvers who did exactly that would find a sheet of paper stuck to a telegraph pole with a QR code and an image of a cicada. Ew. Okay. Yep. So this is worldwide. Yeah, it's all over the place. So upon scanning these QR codes, two different messages were revealed. These are, In 29 volumes, knowledge was once contained. How many lines of the code remained when the Mabinogion paused? (laughs) It's a type of code. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. (laughs) Go that far in from the beginning and find my first name. And then there's, you know, a puzzle written under that. And then... The other one is, you've shared too much to this point. We want the best, not the followers. Thus, the first few there will receive the prize. Good luck, 3301. And the other message was, a poem of fading death, named for a king, meant to be read only once and vanish. Alas, it could not remain unseen, followed by another string of code, the same ending bit about only wanting the best and not the followers. And yeah, yeah. Okay, so are these, like, riddles then, or are they just trying to be eerie? No, because they'd have codes under each message that I didn't, like, copy-paste because they're, like, just a bajillion numbers that don't make sense to me. Yeah. But if you solved the codes, um, it would work out. Like, you'd find the next clue. Why do I keep doing this to myself? (laughs) Sorry, our headphones fell out. (laughs) Got it. Yeah, it's getting in my arm. There, I got it. So, Yeah, these were, of course, book codes, along with descriptions of each book. The second code led to the poem of Agrippa. Solvers who cracked these codes were led to a website if they had a Tor crypt browser, which gave them a message telling them to make a new, never-before-used email address, while still using the program Tor for anonymity. Emails were sent out, indicating further codes to solve, and solvers were warned not to collaborate. Much, much more occurred after this. This is just what happened in 2012. And suffice it to say, and this is quoted from the dedicated Cicada wiki pages. There's like a whole dang thing about this. Um, Nobody knew how deep the rabbit hole went, but all the solvers could agree. It was the deepest they'd ever seen. Ew. I've never said you so much in one day. (laughs) I know. I I do it too. I do it too. Something about the internet and shit like this is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many, like, stories surrounding, um, like, how people can watch you through your laptop and Mm -hmm. track you. Like, I don't know. No, they knew where these people, like, I think if you got certain, to a certain extent, they knew where you were, yeah. Yeah. It's conspiracy theories in general just below my fucking mind. Well, this is still out there. You can find it. uh, 
Yeah, this isn't even a conspiracy. Uh, this is still happening. But like, but do we the know? Final... Do we know it's really happening? <laughs> well, it's got the right signature, but yeah, it's hard to verify, right? Yeah, because yeah, the be people like got that far. Who knows? But um, um, no one still... would be able to copycat the signature. Oh. But um, because of the yeah, uh, the whole PGP thing. But they would. They have seen fakes. People have like out, like rooted out fakes and been like, "That's not the signature. Get out of here." Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they probably want the fame for it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the final message in 2012 read, Hello, we have now found the individuals we sought. Thus, our month-long journey ends. For now, thank you for your dedication and effort. If you were unable to complete the test or did not receive an email, do not despair. There will be more opportunities like this one. Thank you all. 3301. P.S. And then they left a huge code. Oh. Well, fuck that yeah. shit. Yep. More and more haunting messages and events suddenly occurred in 2013 and even post-2014, with some uh, statements indicating that Cicada still has not stopped, that it is going on right now, which is extremely difficult to prove or disprove, as we were saying, and that those who succeeded are simply the dedicated few who made it and are now sworn to secrecy. Here's a bonus eerie fave of mine from 2013. So this one, the messages from the 2013 codes. It says, welcome again. Here is a book code. To find the book, break this riddle. A book whose study is forbidden, once dictated to a beast, to be read once and then destroyed, or you shall have no peace. Uh, yeah, I, t- I totally know what that means. Right? And then there's a code beneath it. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're basically, it's just like code after code after code. So like the resolution status basically for this whole thing is like that's still a mystery. Unidentified individuals have claimed to have completed the process, but verification from the organization was never made, and the individuals making the claims have not been forthcoming with information. The first puzzle of 2012 is claimed to have been solved by a boy named Marcus Wanner. According to Marcus Wanner, those who solved the puzzles were asked questions about their support of information freedom, online privacy and freedom, and rejection of of censorship. Those who answered satisfactorily at the stage were invited to a private forum, I believe this is on the dark web, where they were instructed to devise and complete a project intended to further the ideals of the group. He did not finish his work on a method of general decryption, and the website was removed. So, a quote about Cicada, it's like a Dan Brown novel if Dan Brown could write this well. <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, so my was, I actually really I liked it. his book. I mean, yeah. the one book he wrote a lot of books, and some were questionable. The one that I read the, was thoroughly enjoyable. The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, yeah. but I also read yeah. it. I was working nights as a four one one operator, so it probably seemed really. So good yeah, at the time. <laughs> I like got one call maybe every hour, and I was like eight months pregnant. So. Oh, geez, yeah. So you're just wanting to do anything except that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll blame that. Okay. No, I mean, he might be good. I don't know. I don't judge. Art is subjective. Um, so, like, that that sick burn was from freelance writer Chris Bell. <laughs> that was a sick burn. <laughs> good job, Chris Bell. And he told this to uh, the National Public Radio uh, interviewer Aaron Rath. Uh, Bell wrote about the online mystery for The Telegraph, too, and he said, It's beyond the realms of my intelligence and beyond the realms of any individual's intelligence to do this. So, the cicada clues have spanned many different communication media, uh, including the internet, obviously, telephone, original music, bootable Linux CDs, digital images, physical paper signs, and pages of unpublished cryptic books written in runes. 
Okay. What? One book. <laughs> yeah, I know it's so weird to find all this shit. One book titled uh, Liber Primus, literally first book, contains many pages, only some of which have been decrypted. In addition to using many ver- uh, varying techniques to encrypt, encode, or hide data, these clues have also referenced a wide variety of books, poetry, artwork, and music. Speculation that the Cicada organization is large and well-funded is supported by the existence of clues in a large large number of locations, all quite distant from one another, appearing at the same time. Twice there is music accompanying the Cicada clues, and it's very pretty music, actually. I really liked one of the melodies. That's, that's me. <laughs> Sing yeah. us a little ditty, Ren. <laughs> oh, I'm totally going to post them on Twitter, because some people harvest them, put them on YouTube, and they're actually great. Um... However, none of these pieces are part of the standard repertoire, and neither the composers nor performers have ever been identified. Oh, so it's Certain not patterns... like it's not from like already out songs. It's like they made the song themselves. Nope. Yeah, no. Some oh. clues would lead to a song, and you just composed. hear it. So these are really talented yeah. fuckers. Then I mean, codes, music, yeah. with a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, they live all <laughs> over though. Like this isn't even just like this isn't all, like Westernized nations only. This like all over the place like yeah. if you look at the map there's someone like i think there's one like libya i don't know, like there's there's a lot um yeah so basically certain patterns uh emerged that indicate that the music itself may be a clue and that cicada is attempting to establish a musical cryptogram in parallel with its other embedded information uh someone named uh whose url was tech geek 365 <laughs> Good start. Analyzed the structure of a number of the pieces and discovered that there are certain dyads, which means two notes sounding simultaneously, which, when corresponded with letters and numbers, reveal hidden messages. Again, so it was in the music. Hmm. Yep. Damn. That yeah. is quite the head fuck. Yeah, they did a lot. So, like, artists Rick Steff and Roy Berry of the band Lucero, or Lucero, included a Cicada 3301-inspired song on their side project album Super Superfluidity. The music video, directed by Charlie Fasano, featured artwork taken from the Liber Primus book by Cicada. Hmm. And so, they've been accused of being a cult, as mentioned. And as the group has gained notoriety and public attention, many have asserted that the puzzles are an introduction to occult principles and possibly even recruitment for a cult. Tim Daly. But the thing about that is, like, cults, usually the cult leader finds people, like, that are weaker than him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he thinks that he's, like, these people are inferior to him and he tries to be, like, their god, essentially. So that doesn't really make sense because if they're cracking these codes, they're of equal, like, mental status as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they are. If they've got this far, because it's been, like, 500 bajillion codes worth of codes. Yeah, it sounds more just like a really, like, elite secret agency or brotherhood or, oh, my God, maybe it's the Illuminati. (laughs) I'm thinking, that's kind of my theory is that it's, like, something to do with that. Yeah. Because that's what that sounds like. And, like, um... Tim Daly, a senior research fellow with a conservative Christian Family Research Council, you know, uh, they analyzed the teachings of Cicada and stated the enigmatic Cicada 3301 appears to be drawing participants inexorably into the dark web of the occult a la Blavatsky and Crowley. At the heart of the enchantment is the counterfeit promise of ultimate meaning through self-divination. So Mm -hmm. Daly analyzed the puzzles. Okay. Yeah, and the Cicada 3301's book, Liber Primus, and summarized some of the group's core beliefs that he thinks makes them a cult, right? Like, okay. Yeah. There is no inherent meaning in anything, and all is, quote, empty and meaningless. Within each person is an ideal state akin to Nietzsche's Ubermensch. 
the existence of an emergent godlike global brain made up of all living things and technology, as described by cyberneticist Francis Halion. There is no need for salvation, because there is nothing from which we must be saved. There is no, in quotations, real reality, and what we perceive as reality may be a simulation. Hmm. Okay. Their use of the term intelligence rather than person through the Liber Primus seems to indicate belief, or at least concern for, sentient artificial intelligence. Many of their writings and beliefs focus on ego death. Liber Primus and other Cicadian texts adhere to an internal Kabbalah system based around Cicada 3301's Gematria Primus, which was another of their books. <clears throat> yeah. Alrighty then. So... Yeah, so that's what he thinks makes him a cult. But, like, others have claimed that the Cicada puzzles are a modern and technological equivalent to the Enlightenment journey within Western esotericism and mystery schools. And last, could it be a hoax? So I took this from an article in zmescience.com, and that states, that's highly unlikely. Throughout the testing, multiple clues have required participants to travel to various places to retrieve the next clue. The places include several locations in the U.S., as well as Australia, Granada, Spain, Moscow, Russia, Okinawa, Japan, <clears throat> Warsaw, Poland, and Paris, France. These clues appeared virtually at the same time, suggesting an organized project. Furthermore, the complexity of the puzzles and the variety of mediums they are posted on suggests a resourceful organization willing to spend lots of money to their end. So not an internet troll. Yeah, no. The men yeah, no way, right? The mentioned mediums included telephone, original music, the bootable Linux cities, digital images, physical paper signs, and pages of unpublished cryptic books. Again, I say ew. Yep. Yep, so that's Eerie. that. And that like is it. still happening. Gross. I'm totally going to post the music yeah. uh, on our Twitter because it's great. Yeah. It's actually beautiful. You guys be into it. Is it like haunting? Yes. Um, I like haunting. It's like just a riff too. There isn't singing. Yeah, which yeah. that's good. Yeah. Okay. Andrew is like, fuck singing. <laughs> is there screaming in well, it? Well, they were singing. It wouldn't seem. <laughs> is there screaming? Well, that would be creepy. But there the... should be. I was going to say, that could be, be screaming your, in everything. That could be your new, new intro. <laughs> I just, I just yeah. rip off Cicada. <laughs> And hope not to die. <laughs> and hope we don't just Like, how would they copyright that? I mean, it's well, not copyrighted, right? yeah, because, like, the videos that posted it are obviously from random YouTube people who didn't get permission, but they haven't been copyright stricken. See? Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. There we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I also okay. have the phone recording. Hmm? I also have that first phone recording from 2012. You can, you can find that oh, online, too. Was it a voice, or was it, like, a computer <clears throat> voice? It was, like, computerized-ish. Oh. So, like, someone had pre-recorded it and disguised their voice. Oh. That's weird. That is really <clears throat> weird. And, like you said, they were all over the world posting at the same time. Yep. So, like so it's a knew. deep organization, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Nash, international I mean, these aren't, these aren't guys it that live in their sonic. parents' basement by any means. Oh, goodness, no. no. That wouldn't be yeah. even possible. No. Yeah, and this is one of the few that did not turn out to be an ARG because no one solved it. Huh. It's That's and it's so still weird. happening. Yeah, like you can still find this shit online sometimes. I think I did read about this one, and I was like, eh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny like, you get into I don't it, wanna... Andrea. It was interesting, and I was like, I don't want to know more, because I was reading about stories like dark web stories. 
Oh, yeah, because there is a point when you get to that secret chat that the boy was talking about. Yeah. And that's in a dark web form. Yeah, like, that's, yeah. I don't want to go there. There's so many of that creepy kind of shit, though, online where it's just, like, they do it just to fuck with your head. Like, yeah. have you guys heard of the Poppy experience? Yes. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. The Poppy experience? <clears throat> yep. Like, I first found it, and I was like, this has to be fake. And it was. It was a social experiment. But it, yeah. And then there's, like, a YouTuber that started, a like, a quote-unquote vlog, and then she, like, disappeared. And it turns out oh, that yeah. she was. Oh, yeah. Lonely Sammy 15 or something. No. Ash Vlogs. Oh, Ash Vlogs. Yes. Okay, so she disappeared? Well, it was, yeah, it was like she was posting these weird videos, and then, yeah, it was like a whole big, like, rabbit hole. And then, what was, did you hear about the girl with the alien? Oh. uh, Crap, what was, I can't remember what hers was, but, like, she posted, like, her alien, like, her, her dad was holding her in the house, and that he created some, like, monster, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Alan. Yeah, Alan. I haven't heard of any of these things. Yeah, it wasn't quite an alien, but it was a <laughs> yeah, creature. Yeah, it was some sort and... of, like, little monster thing. Ugh. Yeah, and it, like, it grows up, and she posts videos, so this real. She does a really good job. Yeah, but. I gotta look these up. You should. Because that's, yeah, that, that's what your story kind of reminded me of, is, like, that kind of creepy-ass, like, messes with your mind. Yes. Yeah, that, that one's really, really gross. I love it. <laughs> You're um, like, it's scary. I love it. <laughs> it's so messed up. That's I love thing. internet stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll have to do more internet stuff because there's like a lot out there. It's a good time. That is yeah. pretty good. Yeah. So right. thank you for coming on our podcast. You. Do, you yes. have any, do you have any thoughts? Thank you for your story. My head hurts. I <laughs> feel like I just like <laughs> fell into the Alice in Wonderland tunnel. <laughs> Right, it's a lot, it right? A lot. It's a lot, a lot of, of stories info. to adjust to. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had so much fun. Thank you for coming on. I love oh, you guys. Thank you so much. We had fun. Oh, we love it you was so too. Much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's our thing. We do kisses now at the end of the podcast. I love it. I started it. Ren started it, <laughs> and I first of all was like, no, <laughs> and then I was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Jocelyn, you know, at least deserves a kiss. I yeah. Mwah. Mwah. yeah. Okay. Right. So thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. So you can find us on Instagram and Facebook as Two Scared Siblings. Email and on us. YouTube as Two Scared Siblings. And then on Twitter as Two Scared Sibs. Yep. Email us at Two Scared Siblings at gmail.com. And Jocelyn's podcast, Frozen in Time, is something you got to check out. Yes. It's a good time. Absolutely. It's <laughs> yeah. good. Especially she if you're into like. She covers cold cases. Yeah, yes. cold cases. Yeah. And it's a more serious approach. Awesome. It is. And yeah. That's why I liked being on your guys' because you it was so that. fun. And like mine, I'm like so serious and I don't cuss. And it's just like I get down to the nitty gritty. But this was like the most yeah. relaxing, like, huh. Yeah, you're just chatting. Yeah. 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 Nars is easier that way, but yours is probably what more people are looking for. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're doing a, a lot good of people job. just want to get straight to the. I don't think so. I listen. I mean, I listen to you guys, and I listen to like other podcasts that are like that similar format. I love it. Yeah. Well, like some people like the chatting, and then some people just want to hear the stories. So So the people Mm, that love the chatting are your guys' fans, and the people that don't can come over to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) So if you guys are listening to this, being like, "This would be great if like it was only Jocelyn." Well, you're in luck. (laughs) There's a podcast Uh, for you. I actually think I said that so in great. my episode about you guys. I'm like, there's a podcast for you. I felt so cheesy. Oh, that's actually really <laughs> Oh, my God. I think I you did. did. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I love it. 
<laughs> I'm all about oh, that. That's good. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Um, and thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Good night. Good night. Good morning. <laughs> Bye. <Good> every day. <laughs> Give a kiss, Jocelyn. Mwah. Okay, thank Bye. you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Okay.